On this episode of Kids Bible Breakdown, we're breaking down Leviticus chapters 18 and 19. This shouldn't be a surprise by now, but in chapter 18, God continues to give the Israelites rules that they are to live by in order for them to live in a way that sets them apart from others. The Lord starts by telling Moses to relay to the Israelites these words, I am the Lord your God. You must not do as they did in Egypt, where they came from, or as they do in Canaan, where I am bringing you, which is where they are going, otherwise known as the promised land. You must obey my laws and follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. Do you remember way back in Genesis where we talked about who Cain's wife could have been? Or more recently, how Abram and Sarai were husband and wife, but also half-brother and sister? We discussed how it was possible that maybe God made the original human so perfectly that marrying and having babies with family members may not have been dangerous or caused genetic problems like physical or mental problems, like it can now. And how only God could know when this practice was no longer safe? Now, that is just a theory, being something people think may be possible. But either way, in this chapter, God puts the kibosh on marrying or being with family members in a way that husband and wives are together. And once again, he goes into detail about all the family members that are now off limits when looking for a spouse. He also lists out different places a person should not look for companionship, like your neighbor's spouse, for instance. They are already married. So in a not-so-rhyming format, God says, leave them alone and get your own. God finishes off this chapter by telling the Israelites not to offer their children as sacrifices to other gods and that his plan is for a relationship to be between a man and a woman. God said they were not to do any of these things, and these actions are what caused the people the Lord was going to drive out of the land to become defiled, which kind of means to be destroyed by sin. God warns them that anyone who does any of these things are to be cut off from their people. And he finishes it all by reminding them that he has full authority to make these commands because I am the Lord your God. Chapter 19 starts off much the way chapter 18 did with the Lord telling Moses what he is to tell the Israelites. The Lord starts with, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Then God does a little recap of some rules we've heard before, starting with, Respect your mother and father, keep the Sabbath day holy, and don't make any other gods for yourself. Next, we learn when they give the fellowship offering, they should prepare it in a way that will be accepted by the Lord. Then, they have that day and the next day to eat it, but everything that remains on the third day is to be burnt up. Probably a pretty good call since there was no refrigerators, and the desert has a tendency to be kind of hot at times. Sounds like a food poisoning nightmare in the making. But even worse than food poisoning is the fact that anyone who eats of the offering on the third day instead of burning it has desecrated meaning tainted or ruined or made unholy, what was holy to the Lord. So now they are to be cut off from their people. Then God puts a plan into place to take care of travelers and the poor. He says when they harvest the field, they are to leave the very edges in place, and when they gather the grapes in the vineyard, it's a one-time deal. They are not to go through a second time, and they weren't to pick up anything that fell either in the field or the vineyard. Instead, all of that was to be left for the poor and the traveling. Right behind that, he says, do not steal, do not lie, and do not deceive or trick one another. And don't swear by my name. I am the Lord. God states, I am the Lord, multiple times. But I really love that he said it after telling people not to use his name for swearing or in vain. He's not some punchline or some term to be used when something is unbelievable. He's the Lord, the maker of everything, and his name has power and meaning. Moving on to a whole list of don'ts. Don't rob or cheat your neighbor. 
Don't hold back payment from someone you hired. Don't curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. I feel like this is more metaphorically than actually tripping someone who can't see, but either way, not a good thing to do. Don't be unfair just because you like or dislike someone more. Don't spread bad talk about others, otherwise known as gossip. Don't do anything to threaten your neighbor's life. Don't hate a fellow Israelite in your heart, but just tell them straight out if you have an issue. Don't seek revenge or hold a grudge, but love your neighbor as yourself. I'm sure we've all heard that before. And then there are some rules about not mating two different types of animals, not planting two different types of seed in a field, and not wearing two different types of material together. Followed up with rules to ensure men didn't mistreat their female servants. It also talks about when they can eat fruit from a newly planted tree, what hair is allowed to be cut, how not to treat a daughter, and again, don't eat meat with blood in it. Don't cut or tattoo yourself. Don't seek answers from sources that use spirits other than God. We also hear of some things that people should do, like observe the Sabbath, stand up in the presence of elders to show respect, treat foreigners well and love them as yourself, and be honest. And it is once again finished off with, keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord. Which, as we said, is also said multiple times throughout the whole chapter. I believe God kept saying it over and over to, one, remind them of who he is, and two, remind them that he has full authority to set rules and enforce them if need be. He is the Lord, creator of everything, full power, full authority, holy, and to be respected. But that's a lot of rules. And some of them seem pretty crazy, like not wearing two different kinds of materials together. What's that about? A lot of these rules spoke to the culture in that day. And many of them had to do with things that pagans did, who are people that do not worship God. So many of these rules don't really apply anymore. How do we know which rules still apply? The ones Christians are supposed to follow are addressed again by Jesus in the New Testament. And I'm glad not all of them still apply because every time I see a long list of rules, I immediately feel defeated because although some of the rules are easy to follow, there is no way I'm not going to break a rule at some point. But let's focus on what this long list of do's and don'ts tells us about God. God is compassionate. He puts laws into place to protect the poor and the foreigners, people that aren't even considered his chosen people. And how about putting rules into place to respect the elderly, the poor, foreigners, and the elderly, all groups of people who are at risk of being overlooked and tossed aside and taken advantage of. But God sees them and loves them. And praise God that he's compassionate and merciful, because none of us can ever be enough or do enough to reach his holy standards. We are all at risk because of sin. But just like he had a plan to take care of vulnerable people, he also had a plan to take care of all of us by sending his son to pay the price for our sin. What an amazing God. 